Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, June 6th, and this is a weird one. <laughs> in real life. In real life. It's going to get complicated like one of those people going through a murder mystery with the strings and the tacks and yeah, the maps yeah. and the photos. He's got a whole whiteboard <laughs> figured out of how this is happening. So I'm going away, and so I wanted to bank a couple of podcasts. So we did one a couple days ago on a Saturday. And then we're doing this one, which is for the week of Friday, June 16th. Hmm. So 10 days in the future. Damn. And the way things are going right now, I don't know what 10 days in the future is going to look like. Yeah, it's smoky as hell outside right now. Like, we don't, we could be burned down by the time we get, like, you and I, not the theater itself. No, no. It's going to be fun. But yeah, it's, it's, I've never really seen it like that outside. We never, never. It's not like that today when you hear this. No. (laughs) Hopefully, I I shouldn't say it won't be because the weather looks like, I don't know if you know, in the modern King Kong and Godzilla movies, right before something horribly bad's going to happen, you've got Millie Bobby Brown running around and the weather's really bad mm-hmm. and she's trying to convince the grownups that something bad's happening. That's what the weather looks like right now, yeah. like that a kaiju's about to show up. Even a bit like the original King Kong when they first are going to the island and stuff, there's kind of like a foggy feel. Yeah, It's also black and white, so maybe it just seemed foggier than it was, but... And I didn't notice it until I was kind of at home all day, but then taking the dog out for a walk at lunchtime and then at dinner time, really noticed it. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're in another phase of the apocalypse. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I didn't think I noticed it at first. But then once I went outside, I was like, oh, yeah, this sucks. Even though. And so it's like now you're masked up for multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah. The only silver lining of COVID is now we all have masks and we can put those on while we are under siege from this yeah it's it's not a great feel but i mean it definitely does feel like you could pretend that we're in la or something like that you know and which is important because it's my best friend's birthday today but not really today if you're listening to this when this comes out but (laughs) it's june 6 is his birthday that is correct so it's d-day you know also important and it's his dad's birthday they share a birthday wow which is always trips me out i don't know like it feels like what are the odds of that that's insane i have a friend and he and his big sister are the same day two years apart Jeez, i don't know is it do they like that or is it annoying <laughs> I, I bet you when you're a kid it's not great because it's almost like <laughs> the being born on christmas yeah. or something like that where you want your birthday to be placed where there's no other distraction when is the day like what month kind of thing september okay so there's a bit of time between yeah that's pretty close to christmas though i have another friend whose birthday is right before christmas <sighs> and i know she has said the joke of like, yeah, you get one shoe for your birthday and one for Christmas. And you're oh. like, oh, it's a split gift because it's extra expensive. So like, is the is the sweet spot like a June birthday and then Christmas, like six months-ish, you know? Or I always think just recently somebody said they got an invite to a Christmas wedding. And oh, I'm like... On. Like on Christmas Day? It might be on the 24th or the 26th. I don't know. That's but I'm not, like... That's still basically crazy. Those people are monsters. That's not cool at all. If you're listening to this, you're a monster. That's, because... You weren't invited, were you? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's why. I'm Here we go. But it's like... Because whatever your wedding is around there, you might be hitting Christmas or Hanukkah or various other holidays. Yeah. And people are on vacation or people are really busy, depending on your job. Don't get married at the end of December. How many people are going to that wedding? They could just pretend they're like, oh, we kept it small. It's like, no, you didn't. Everyone <laughs> yeah. had plans. Like, what do you mean kept small? Like, come on. Oh, I can't imagine. Is but it yeah, a destination you... wedding too? 
Oh, that, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's at the North Pole. Oh, man. oh my God. <laughs> Santa themed. Oh, see, now that actually is starting to get somewhere with this. But <laughs> yeah. For me, like, I would have loved to have a Halloween wedding on October 31st. That is like not, I mean, themed okay, would have been yeah. good too. And I mean, you know, she probably would have been into it, but then it's starting to get cold, you know? So it's like, man. I'm sure if you would have gotten married now in some multiverse where you guys were getting married now instead of a few years back, you would have probably pushed for a Mayfair wedding. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the funny thing is, like, actually, our ninth wedding anniversary was June 1st. So okay. I guess it was, like, the day after the last podcast or something like that. So yeah, the first week of June is pretty wild in my life, you know? Like, <laughs> there's a lot going on. But June, you know, the weather was good. Like, our first date was June 20th, so we were trying to do, like, kind of a compromise between the two, you know? We liked June as a month. And then July and August is just too hot, so you're not doing that. Well, it shows you how running a business... And I talk to my restaurant friends about this or House of Targ, where you can't predict. And sometimes you think, oh, all signs point towards this being a really slow night. So we're just going to have one candy bar person and a manager on. And then for some reason, all the shows do 200 people. (laughs) And then you have a night where all signs point towards it being a really popular night. And then it is not. I've had restaurant friends tell me that where it's like a Saturday night and they have all the staff on and a greeter and bartender and everybody. And then just three people show up. And Mm. it's a night that usually is packed from (laughs) 6 p.m. till midnight. Yeah. So speaking of June, we had our 27th Saturday morning cartoon party on June 3rd. Not a disaster. It wasn't like three people, but about 150 people versus a sellout crowd. Yeah, and 150 normally would be huge for us. It's good, yeah. yeah. But I think it was our worst Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. And it was just a domino effect of it was the most beautiful day outside, unlike today. (laughs) And I think there was just a lot of stuff going on in Ottawa. And it was kind of a cottage country weekend, people camping, people going to the cottage. And even the night before, walking my dog, and we went to the grocery store, it just felt like ghost town. Mm -hmm. And I think you and another friend of mine commented on busing home or driving home was ghost town as well. Yeah. So we had our worst Saturday morning cartoons. (laughs) Don't panic. We're not canceling Saturday morning cartoons. I'm sure the next one will be better. But... It did mean we have 40 boxes of cereal left over. But that's good. The good news is they don't expire till 2024. Yeah. And we will have a couple of Saturday mornings before that. But... It just felt different. Like, there was no lineup. Yeah. There was no rush. And there... I was here, like, early. Yeah. I was here at, like, 10 after 9 to make sure that I could get in and, like, get a good seat. And then I was like, I joked, like, because I told my sister, like, I was bringing my nieces and she was there, too. And I was like, okay, she really wanted to get a good seat. So I was like, all right, we'll go early. I don't really want to go that early, but I'll do it for you, you know. And then they dropped me off and the lineup was two people. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was, one, <laughs> I think they were together. So it was, like, basically one person. I was like, whoa, look at that line. Like, and, just, and I felt like I misled them. But I was like, no, every other time. It's been to shoppers. The last couple, especially, because in the past we would do well and maybe sell 275, Mm -hmm. 315, but still be packed. But the last few was the blockbuster, like a line around the block (laughs) and turning away, no exaggeration, dozens of people. Definitely. And so this one was just one of those days where when you're running a business like a cinema, sometimes you just. You know, you have some good days and you do some rentals and you have a really good day at Candy Bar. You sell some advertising for the big screen. Other things make up for this bad day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't, like I said, if it was like seven people showed up, it would have been bad. Still well worth doing, but it just meant 
now we have a basement full of cereal that expires in six months. An already tight basement. Yeah, yeah. That said, like it was a very good cartoons and it was yeah. it was like a vintage one in a different sense because it was the former person who put them together and not yes. the, the guy who does it now. But one thing I did notice, which is just like a random observation, there was pretty much no clapping at the end of the cartoons, whereas oh. every other time everyone claps at the end of every cartoon. Yeah. Which is whatever. It was just kind of funny. Like I think we clapped at the beginning and then people were laughing throughout. Like it was a good one. It was actually really funny, but it just, yeah, it was funny. At the end of the one, I was like looking around. I'm like, do I, do I clap or like, am I supposed to I don't this? think I noticed because usually I duck in and watch a little bit here and there. Yeah. But there were some times in the past where I'd be sitting in the box office. Usually I'd miss multitasking. I'm working on next week's schedule or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there would be an audible gasp of joy from multiple nerds in the audience because some cartoon or commercial was coming up. Yeah. And I don't think I heard that this time, so maybe it was just a little bit more of a laid-back crowd. Yeah, there was some big laughs. There was two ads in particular, and it was like one was called Ball Breaker or Ball Buster and something like that. And it was okay. some, I don't even remember what the point of the thing was, but it was just like, you know, you're only blown on this thing and it explodes or whatever. And they were like, oh, be the first to bust your friend's balls or something like that. I'm not even exaggerating. Like it said something to that effect yeah. and everyone lost it. And so it was like, Stuff like that. And then, like, I don't remember what the other one was, but there was two where you were just like, oh, actually, I do. It was an airline one. They were like filtering stewardesses and they were like, oh, this one's too short. This one's too pretty. This one has a <laughs> husband. And then they were like, we go through all of our stewardesses to make sure we only hire the best. And like that was the ad. And everyone's like, Rrr. you know, it's just like so good. But also like, you know, what is happening here? There's some stuff like that that is not that long ago when you think about it these aren't tv commercials from the 1500s these are from the 60s 70s sometimes even the 80s and you watch them and you're just cringe yeah yeah <laughs> especially in the 80s with the part of this complete breakfast kind of commercials every single mom is a housewife and every single dad is a dummy who doesn't know how to do the dishes yeah just a different time that wasn't that long ago it's so funny we went to see guardians of the galaxy 3 with my scene visa point so i didn't support the evil competition it was good oh my god it was so good okay like genuinely great and it's i, I always laugh anytime i like a mainstream pop culture movie because people get really cinema versus movies or film versus movies and i'm like i don't know this movie about a space raccoon had me crying throughout most like it was so emotional and so built the characters so well but the only time we see commercials anymore is when you go to the multiplex and there's 20 commercials forced on you before the movie and people who go to the multiplex all the time have now banked that into their time and they'll show up at 6 10 instead of six o'clock or whatever mm -hmm. but i think that's the only place like a 12 year old nowadays would see a commercial is if they're going to see the new minions movie or puss in boots or whatever well that or like uh youtube ad they, they force you to watch so oh that's yeah like a figure. so i know the five ads that youtube makes me watch uh, <laughs> really really well but everything else i don't know yeah, the only time I see that is we make use of YouTube for our website to put the movie trailers on it. And so, yeah, every once in a while there'll be a commercial there. Actually, I watch Tubi to watch my stories, to watch Dark Shadows. Oh, yeah, they make you watch for that. Yeah, and but it's not bad. They do a good job of sometimes it's as little as a 15-second ad in between a 25-minute show. Mm -hmm. And when an ad is 15 seconds, you don't even have time to mute it really you just kind of yeah. let it fly so it's almost kind of smart on their side where yep you've tricked me into watching your 
Pampers commercial. Yeah, I just want a variety. Like I find, is it two? Yeah, I think it is Tubi, where like just tend to get the same two ads again and again and again. And then yeah. there's one with this old woman who sells her car or something, and maybe her husband <laughs> died. Or you don't know. Oh yeah. And I've then she's test driving a new car, and she's like, ah, oh, driving around crazy. And it's like, old women don't drive crazy. <laughs> what what is this wild ad? And it's just, I don't know. The first time I was like, oh okay. And then I, I think I've seen it like 50 times. And every time I smash the mute button, and I'm just like, no offense, old lady, but you know, nothing against anybody driving or having fun but i hate this commercial at this point well there was a couple years ago before everything went to streaming services where gwen and i aren't finicky and on a commercial break i would read one page of a marvel comic off my phone mm-hmm. <laughs> one and page one or, sometimes one or two pages <laughs> making like, the most of my time oh my god you're like all right i was able to enjoy but like you're in and out of the headspace though so you're like okay what's that so thor's here it. now i'm a good multitasker i got it <laughs> But I remember watching Bob's Burgers on City TV with commercials. And so that's the trade-off. It's free, but it's almost like the old days, right? Mm -hmm. It's free, but you get commercials. And I don't know what the business model is. I guess maybe it's like you have to play this car commercial X amount of times. And so maybe it was like near the end of the week or the month. And no kidding, every single commercial block was that commercial (laughs) over and over and over. Oh, my God. And I was just like, wow, I guess they're getting the most of their money, but... You're just making me angry at you more than anything. Was it a nice car at least? Like I, mean, I don't know. Because half but, the time I'm like, that's just an ugly car that I wouldn't... I'm not, I'm not trying to buy a car, but if I was... But I'd be ready to sell out. People have asked me that before kind of jokingly. What was it? The LA Lakers, LA Kings Stadium now has some ridiculous name. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It's a really stupid name that I usually try to forget, like the Smoothie Kings one, <laughs> which, which actually sounds better than some of them, you know. But it's like a, it's like a Bitcoin thing, right? Yeah. It's, I hate those teams, so I try not to remember what those things are. But yeah, it's weird. Because now that happens everywhere where... Quicken Loans, is that it? Or is that... I think that, that might be Golden State is the Quicken Loans Arena. It's hilarious. Yeah. And what's funny is then if you play the video games, the announcer says that in the game. <laughs> so it's advertising at work. It works, but yeah. it's such a strange thing. And there's one baseball stadium that's like petfood.com. Oh, man. It's just <laughs> like kind of depressing. It shouldn't matter, but it's like it's the same with the Corral Center, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Where you're like, well, what am I calling it now? Because like- what's left? Madison Square Garden? Yeah, or uh, yeah, because Maple Leaf Gardens doesn't exist. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. But if someone came to us, it would be a shame if it was like you know a cigarette company because I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. Jeez. But say if something that we already make use of, say if Coca Cola came to us and was like, "We want to change your name to the Coca Cola Mayfair Theater, and we'll give you a dump truck full of money. You can buy the cinema. You can spruce up the place. Mm. And in trade, we're gonna put a marquee up that says Coca Cola." And before every movie, we're going to play a Coca-Cola ad. I would be hard-pressed to turn that away. Yeah. What if it was Cineplex? Like Cineplex oh. Odeon presents the Mayfair Theater. <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I am so torn on be this like, one. like, would you leave us alone? Yeah, like, <laughs> I can't trust this. Because they, saying this without animosity, just reporting <laughs> what happened, is they took over a cinema like the Mayfair in... Halifax. Okay. But then the problem was they would just play one movie. There was no programming. So years back, for example, they would play Lincoln at three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock for seven days. And that's just too much. That's just too much for an indie cinema. Seriously. It's almost like they're deliberately trying to have it fail. And it failed. (laughs) Now it's gone. That's so so weird. And who could have ever predicted that? 
What if we got endorsed by Popeye cigarettes? That would be okay, right? Popeye candy sticks. Yeah, exactly. They're not, well, you know, but you and I know they're Popeye cigarettes. <laughs> Does Popeye candy sticks have the money? Well, not now that they had to change the name to candy sticks. Popeye cigarettes might have had money. Or something like that. Even I'm surprised, maybe this is going to happen. Once upon a time, cinemas were more like Warner Brothers owned mm. that theater chain and would only show the Warner Brothers films. I'm surprised Disney hasn't done that yet because yeah. now that Disney is Disney, Pixar, Fox, Muppets, Star Wars, mm -hmm. they have enough product that they could swap out movies and then show retro stuff. And yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done that yet of just saying like, yeah, we just bought AMC. Yeah, they're one of the few studios that could sustain that, actually. Yeah. I mean, like, Warner, like, I mean, so many of them have a great catalog, but if you were talking about just playing their stuff, yeah. a variety, Disney's kind of the only one who really has that. And it's scary. I keep joking, but I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years from now, they're like, yep, we bought Warner Brothers. <laughs> like, Ugh. that's the only way. There's this great comic series back in the 90s called Amalgam where DC and Marvel right. did a crossover and it made all these really fun characters and at the time was drawn by the real A-list talent. For example, there was Lobo the Duck and it was Lobo oh, and Howard the Duck. Geez. There's a Hulk Superman, right? It was Captain America Superman. What was Hulk? It was... I don't know what they did Hulk with Hulk. Hulk was involved, I think. Yeah, but these were all like... They actually made a new universe with yeah. all these new characters. So there was like Doctor Strange fate and stuff like that. Yeah. That'll never happen again because at the time... Comic books were comic books. Now comic books are giant things owned by giant corporations. Yeah. And they'll never sit down at a table and figure out how to split the profits. I was big into it at that time. Like, I remember, I kind of forgot about that story until you just brought it up. But I remember, like, that, wait, was Wolverine and Batman one? Yeah. Okay, so Dark that. Claw. Okay, so I remember that one. Yeah, because, like, it was, like, roughly around, maybe this is a bit later, but Age of Apocalypse and, like, you know, in between Maximum Carnage and stuff. Yeah. And like, it's funny. Like, I'm just kind of starting to get back into comic books a bit, but only specific ones, kind of nostalgia-based ones, stuff that I was into as a kid or stuff way before that. Yeah. That's kind of it. Not into newer comic. It's weird. I'm, I don't make any sense. I never do. But, <laughs> but still. But, like, I remember, yeah, like, when that was, I was prime comics at that time. And, and just the idea of that, you're just like, wow. Because it was the same with, like, you know, oh, who's faster, you know, the Flash or Super Superman or like all that stuff, you know, that kids think of. And, and then you're just like, wow, two universes, what? And it just clicked all the check boxes where it got publicity from non-nerds. Mm -hmm. It brought a real fun event in. It made money, got people into comic shops. But it'll never happen again unless Disney buys Warner Brothers. Like that, we don't want that. <laughs> that. If it makes Amalgam, I'm like, let's do it. I used to think it was pronounced Amalgam when I was a kid. Amalgam. It took me years to know it was not Amalgam. Nah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, we don't know things. It was, you know, like that's, it's funny though, what gets stuck in your head and then you just get too curmudgeon-y once you realize when you're older that you were wrong or yeah. you misheard something <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, oh boy, it's too late for me. Okay. So let's jump into talking about for us, the distant 10-day-away future yeah. of the movie screening, the week of Friday, June 16th. I'm going to try to edit this podcast before I leave on my little trip and then just post it while I'm away. Damn. That's kind of the idea here, just trying to make a little bit less work for me while I'm on the road. Smart. So first up, an interesting film called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Mm. This is based on the classic, kind of a cornerstone of what they now call a young adult novel yeah. by Judy Bloom. It's... 50 years old or 50-ish years old. Yeah. And the author never let it be turned into a movie because she has principles and never liked a screenplay and never liked the team behind it. And so it took this long. And so this is a fully approved by the author production and rave reviews. Yeah. It's one of those ones that's hilarious that it is 
99% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I'm always like, you know, if a movie's 80, if a movie's 90, if a movie's 40, but when a movie's 99, it's like, okay, who's the one person who didn't like this movie? It was probably someone who was like, I don't like that they're putting God in the title. That's too religious. You're like, this book has been out forever. Like, it's, come on. It's so weird. But anyhow, it looks like a really great teen coming-of-age movie, very well-reviewed. Mm. And I've overheard some people our patrons excited to see it because this is an anticipated non-nerd movie the same way that a more kind of pop culture movie might be anticipated because it is based on a very known property. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like their comic book adaptation or something like that, you know, where you've been waiting years to see what it would be like, you know? Yeah. And then that it finally came around and has turned out well. And now hopefully they'll make super fudge next. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Then next up, is the Ottawa premiere of a movie called The Starling Girl. It's about a 17-year-old girl struggling with her place in a Christian fundamentalist community. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember because I I saw the trailer here a couple of times. I was like, why do I know that? And I was like, oh, yeah, advertising. Yeah, advertising works. Yeah, it looked good. Well, it looked frustrating in a good way. One of those movies where you're just like, oh, God, like people are just trying to be themselves. Quit being jerks. Yeah, we just watched Chevalier, which was very good. And it was very interesting because it was... It shows the sex, drugs, rock and roll aspect that many people say was kind of around classical music. These people were celebrities and had fans and had money and were breaking the rules. And yeah. But anyhow, that takes place around the French Revolution time when they took out the queen. Yeah, I mean, even Amadeus, like he was kind of a bad boy, exactly. you know, jokester kind of guy. And you were like, man, this is kind of weird. <laughs> and you watch that movie and you can't help but when the credits roll, sarcastically lean over and go like, well, I'm glad we've uh, solved racism all these years later. Yeah, thank oh, God. Oh, wait, it's still bad. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only problem we deal with these days, and <laughs> yeah. thank God for that. But Starling Girl's got a grade A from the playlist, and Sundance Grand Jury Prize nominee, South by Southwest Audience Award nominee, so lots of praise for this one. It did look good. Frustrating, but good. Yes. Then we have our 159th screening of The Room. Oh, boy. Funnily enough, Eric had the bright idea a couple weeks ago, said we should screen The Room on June 27th. Yeah, I think that's Because that's the 20th anniversary. Yeah. So not to advertise other people, but I don't think it's local. But in the States, it is going to be in the multiplexes for one day only on June 27th. So they took your idea. I know. Well, it's the only thing that made any sense. And even that is not going to mean... That's sort of the irony of that movie. It's like, the fans don't really care what day it is. No. Like, they're going to enjoy it. They're going to be like, oh, it's been, you know, 20 years, whatever it's been, you know. It doesn't really matter to them. So it's kind of funny. Like, it doesn't really mean anything like it does for some other movies and events like that. And I would hope that if it is playing at a local multiplex on the 27th, people will just come here on the 16th. Or a month from now when we play it again. Yeah, it's a weird... What is it, a Tuesday or something? Like It is, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's just kind of a weird thing for that. It's like no one's playing it late. It just feels weird to me to picture that at like a Cineplex-type place. Like, I don't know. That just feels like homogenized, kind of weird, you know? Some comedian on Twitter said, and I agree, that they feel bad because there's going to be a number of these multiplexes and a number of the staff members Oof. who do not know what the room is and will think it's just like screening some bad movie. And then they're going to be like, what's going on? People are throwing footballs and spoons around in there. Yeah. I feel bad for our employees having to clean up. (laughs) So let alone that, you know, all across the land. Good luck. So yeah, so this is room 159. No update yet, but 
the shark movie is coming. Lee has been in touch with Tommy Wiseau about that. So we should have some news about that in the near future. But in the meantime, do come by and enjoy The Room on the big screen again at the Mayfair for our ongoing world record smashing run of this crazy movie. Yes, which will never end. (laughs) Never end. (laughs) Then we continue our Mad Max marathon with Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. The best one and the reason for this film festival at all. Yes, because Lee was like, wow, we should pay tribute to Tina Turner because she's awesome. But really, besides for doing a James Bond theme song and Beyond Thunderdome, she doesn't have much of a cinematic presence. Yeah, and I mean, like, this one's hard to top. Well, I didn't realize this, but she won the Outstanding Lead Actress at the Image Awards that year. And every once in a while, something pops up from Roger Ebert that surprises. So here's the quote. Not only the best of the three Mad Max movies, but one of the best movies of 1985. A movie of great visionary wonders. Four out of four stars, Roger Ebert. What? He gave it a perfect rating. Everything that you said throughout (laughs) that review got weirder and more confusing by the end of it. Yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder if Siskel gave it a thumbs down and he gave it a thumbs up. I didn't even think to look into that. It doesn't seem like a Siskel movie. Like, I could just be saying that, but he kind of seemed like more curmudgeon about that type oh of a God. film he was a monster yeah remember that time he was like giving out people's addresses and Oof. telling people to send them hate mail i mean they're both being hilarious but I, I recently found a like a two minute clip of ebert showing off his basement i don't know what year this is from oh yeah but he's like oh here's my uh, tv I, I wanted a bigger tv but they couldn't fit it down the stairs and he's like here's my surround sound stuff and my vhs and laser disc and all this stuff. and it's so funny to like God, these guys were a relic in a good way, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I really missed them. But four stars for Thunderdome. Bit of a surprise. <laughs> well, I saw this. So 85. I did not see this movie on the big screen when it came out. I would have seen it on VHS when I was around 10 years old, I guess. But I said it last week. It really, it has, I think, more of an Amblin feel than Mad Max or Road Warrior does. Just in that. It's a little bit more mainstream. They have a little bit more money. It's a little less violent, I think, despite the Thunderdome aspect of it. Yeah, I don't remember much about it, but I remember like Master Blaster. And yeah. Just, and, and I don't even remember much about them, but this, that they were like, Master Blaster. And People I was love like, Master Blaster, though. I, yeah, and, I'm not, and I will say this. I love the song Master Blaster. Okay. Yeah, by uh, God. Now, oh, I can't think of the name now. Just called to say I love you. Stevie Wonder. Okay, yeah. It's I know how sad it is that I just called to say I love you was the song that made me remember <laughs> his name. He has so much more better songs than that. But anyway, that song's incredible, and it always makes me think of Thunderdome because it's called Master Blaster, and I just think of this weird character. Yeah, it's so it's just, again, it's part of this weird quadrilogy that is about to get bigger of two indie films, kind of a bigger film, and then a fourth film that won a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. First three films, no Oscar nominations. Fourth film, a whole bunch of Oscar nominations. It's a strange thing, but it's it's an interesting piece of trivia for Tina Turner as well because she was so enormous. And this is kind of part of her, not even comeback years, but in the 80s, she was just exploding as a solo artist and coming out of this traumatic experience and having big hits as not a 20-year-old. I watched her documentary and it talks a lot about that where she was not a kid getting all this success. She had had all this years behind her as part of the much more troubling aspect of her life that she survived through. 
Yeah, it's true. And I felt really bad to say it. when she passed. I kind of thought she already had passed away. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I know she was still around. Yeah, not in a jerk way. It's just like, I just kind of lose touch with a lot of people in my personal life and celebrities. And I just, yeah. I'm like, wow, I can't remember which tragic story person it was that had passed. I think I was thinking Whitney Houston. Oh, right. If I'm being yeah. honest, but just, I was like, incredible voice, incredible artist. Haven't listened to them in a while. I'm not really dialed in. If you had questions about, you know, direct video 90s horror movies, that <laughs> yeah. I would have known. But, you know, in this one I was like I just I don't know I always feel bad in the, and I'm not one of those people who's going to make a post about it and be like oh they're still alive like I'm not one of those jerks but yeah. just I'm always surprised sometimes like like a Clint Eastwood type not him but that type of where you're like you're 92 years old but you're still alive well I said it last week too so the next movie we have up is we're concluding our little Dario Argento mini film fest mm. with Deep Red oh, the classic. first two films are Bird with the Crystal Plumage and Cat O Nine Tails Last week, I said that Dario Argento was 100 years old. Uh, well, I, I mean, we didn't really believe that you meant right at 100. But I thought he was like in his 90s in the way that, as we speak, Norman Lear is 100 years old and is writing and producing television still. He's alive? Yeah. And not only that, he drives to work. Dick Van Dyke is 96 or 7. Okay, again. Also, you're just naming people I assumed were dead. Still working. Okay. And Mel Brooks is 96 or 97 and has a new TV show out. Which I watched. So that part I knew was real. But So yeah, I, for some reason I thought Dario was in his late 90s, but he's like 82 or 83. I would have said late 70s. He's spry. Because I just, I can't remember. When I think Lee was kind of saying, you know, he started young. So Yeah, there's that too, yeah. But Deep Red, I don't think I've seen it. I've seen most of his films, but this is a Christmas time set slasher movie. It's so good. That one was my favorite Argento for a long time and it's just so many cool shots and it's really good music I mean the music's always pretty good it's usually Goblin you know who yeah. does it and so like it's, it's like most of those early ones it's a murder mystery and just it's been a while since I've seen it too but like yeah it's 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 very stylistic he really like a lot of people consider this to be his best yeah well the quote I found was undoubtedly the finest of Argento's thrilling horrors so that's Empire and then AV Club gave it an A Slant gave it four to four stars so even though this is what you would call a B drive-in kind of movie, no shortage of really good reviews for it. Yeah. So it's, it's not one of it's. There's a line right of that so bad it's good or still kind of pulp but good. And this, yeah. these are gentle movies are just they're stylistic but they're really good. And it's funny like there's not a lot of filmmakers that you could pick three or four. I can't remember how many were playing, but like that you could pick another four. And still just be good, like, you know, like Tenebrae is so good. Like, you know, he's, he's just got like almost like John Carpenter, you know, where you could pick four classics and still have another four classics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, but come to these, though. Come to like, these, yeah. These are all amazing. <laughs> you know, you, you can't go wrong. And then finally this week, we have a local film in a one afternoon only Ottawa premiere called Soldier in the Barn. I'm so excited for this one. Saturday, June 17th at 2.30. Advanced tickets are on sale. So grab those and come out. And what I always like about these is support local filmmakers, support a local cinema. Yeah. So you're doubling down with your support of good things. And they're going to be here in attendance, I believe, the yeah. filmmaker. Yeah, doing like a Q&A in the whole bit. I really enjoyed this trailer. Like it looks kind of like, 
you can't tell at first with the trailer if it's like a period piece or if it's modern or whatever. So it looks like it's kind of both. It's a modern day setting, but then there's like sort of from the, I think there's a time travel aspect too. You better have all these questions for the filmmaker. I, well, if I hope the Q&A is after because I don't want to ask all the stuff that's answered in the movie. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so I'm, I'm bringing at least one friend and I, like it just looks like super entertaining. And like, I mean, a lot of it too is because it's local. You know, I kind of feel just like Scott Blurton to yeah. come out and see these one day only screenings is like, it's already cool and it's huge for the filmmakers too. But you know, it actually, it looks fun. Kind of family movie-ish, I yeah. think, you know, so, and it's a 2 p.m. screening, I think. Yeah, it's 2.30 on the 17th. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it definitely looks like something the whole family could enjoy, you know, and like might be some laughs, might be some uh, learning about history. I don't know. (laughs) Learning. Yeah. There's a a bit in the trailer where the guy is like in a picture with Walt Disney, like showing Walt Disney stuff and Amelia Earhart. And so it looked it, like Forrest Gump, basically. Like, oh, so I gotcha. They, right. They gump the grandfather character. And I was gotcha. like, oh, my God, I need to see more about this. Because I was like, well, he's shown Walt Disney stuff now. Like, I need more of this. So, yeah. So come out and check that local production. And then, yeah, stay tuned. We have the Mad Max Fest wrapping up. I'm so behind. So on the schedule now, we have two weeks ahead. We have some other stuff coming up. But I've just been going through chronologically to kind of get through the trenches of what we have coming up. Yeah. So we have a few other surprises coming up. Those will be on the website soon. I wanted to mention, because I'm so bad at mentioning my own stuff, this will be too late, but I'm going out (laughs) to Moncton for East Coast Comic Expo. Going out to the East Coast at the perfect time Mm -hmm. while there's these horrible fires going on. But then I'll be back in time for Sunday, June 18th for the Orleans Comic Book Novelty Show. It's super fun. It's free. It's like an old-timey Comic-Con. The way the mall is set up, there's this big L-shaped area just along the stores, and they set up back-to-back tables. Then they have just some fun nerd stuff, like the Ghostbusters will be there with the Ecto-1. There'll be a TARDIS there. I think there'll be some cosplay folks there. This is the second one I'm going to. Technically, the table is for the Mayfair Theater, And so I'm going to have some flyers and selling memberships and posters and trailers and marquee tiles and fun stuff like that. My friend Ren and I will be splitting the table and we'll both be selling some comic book stuff. It's a good place. I found a bunch of novelizations last time I was there. Oh, yeah. If you're around the Orleans area, come out on June 18th and check that out. It's free. You'll get some good deals. Your comics are advertised at the Mayfair Theater, though. So that counts as advertising for the Mayfair Theater. Exactly. (laughs) In a way. And I like that you said you'll be back in time because it makes it seem like a time travel thing. Like the soldier in the barn. A (laughs) a little bit, you know, a little bit. And I'll talk about this on the next podcast, but we're road tripping back. And Gwen and her parents... From, From the East Coast? From the East Coast. Good Lord. So... Usually, you can road trip back through Canada, of course, but it's a lot of nothing going on there. But you go back through the States, and you could go visit Stephen King, and there's Salem. Oh, man. And there was something else, like Beetlejuice. There's some Beetlejuice locations you can go check out. And like the witch trial type stuff. Yeah, so we're going to go hit a couple things on the way back, and then that's why I'm not exactly sure when I'm back, but Uh, I'm back like the... Or if you'll survive. God, yeah. Like, oh, no, they burned Josh in Salem? like Even Salem. I want to visit, but there's a part of Salem that kind of creeps me out because I'm like, this is a weird thing to make t-shirts for. Yeah, and also (laughs) like generations that did that stuff are still there, I would imagine. Yeah, So it's like, there's a little bit of weird... Or maybe I've seen too many horror movies where I was like, oh, they're conspiring. But yeah, so we're going to hit some nerd stuff on the way back from our trip. And there's like a baseball team that is named after a monster because there's like a lake monster around there or something. Oh, not, I was going to say Ogopogo, but I think that's totally... No, that's ours. That's yeah, our yeah, DC monster. Like, what do they call stuff anymore? I don't know. It's not the Blair Witch anymore, is it? So I'll have all kinds of fun stuff to talk about 
when I get back from the East Coast. Man, and you're going to see so much cool, like, swag and I don't even know what you call it, like, bric-a-brac along the roads and stuff, like, weird little (laughs) shops and stuff. Oh, I love those. Yeah. And we haven't done anything in three years, so this will be the first time I've gone on an airplane to get there and made some kind of trip back. Wait, whose car are you taking? Gwen's parents. All right, all right. We're all coming back. We're bringing the family back with us. You're taking the Back (laughs) to the Future car or the Ecto-1 that'll be at the comic shop. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Oh, man. I wasn't jealous of your trip before, but then when you said you were doing a drive back to cool spots, I'm like kind of actually jealous now. You're going to be jealous. East Coast Comic Expo is awesome. So, yeah, that's a good time. But you'll be jealous that I'm doing cinema (laughs) this weekend, which by the time they hear this will have been like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. But then by the time this comes out, it'll be closer to the next cinema. That's true, which I might also do. That was the weird part. I thought I was doing the 24th, and then Lee texted me this morning, was like, can you do it in four days? And I was like, I I guess. So Now we're just confusing people. We don't know what day it is. It'll be fine. Yeah, well, there's a lot happening. The point is, it's June 6th in a way, but it's also June 16th. 16th. So I like that. So thank you for listening to this podcast about the week of June 16th. Yes, whenever you happen to listen to it. Because they could listen to it after the 16th, too. I don't you care. You might be listening to this in 2027 for some reason. <laughs> you may find yourself <laughs> listening to it more times than once. We don't know. You can find out information at mayfairtheater.ca, which I will be updating soon with all kinds of new cool stuff. And on all the social medias. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week to talk about my road trip back from Halifax and movies at the Mayfair Theater. And all the fun stuff that you brought me. Yeah, all the fun stuff that I got, Eric. Hooray! Bye! Bye! Oh, man, now we have to do a special screening for my friend's birthday, except not really, because it's in the future, and that happened three weeks ago. (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) Where am I? The world had been through a trial by fire, and only the greatest warriors and their deadliest enemies emerged from the flames. Who are you? Nobody. I'm still... I can feel it. The dice are rolling. <laughs> he was the one they called mad. But he's just a raggedy man. But to those whose lives hung in the balance. Where's the waiting ones? Waiting for what? Waiting for you. He was the one they called hero. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Dying times here. Now, Mad Max is back. In Beyond Thunderdome, Mel Gibson, Tina Turner, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome.